Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone, or good evening, whenever it is that you're listening to this as we get you ready for tonight's game between the Sharks and the Coyotes. Yeah, hockey's back. It's about time. I know I've been itching for it. I hope everybody had a happy, healthy, and safe holiday season. And I'm looking forward just to getting a little bit back to normal, right? Like, we haven't had our Sharks hockey. We knew we were going to have a holiday break, but I didn't know it was going to be this long. So I think we're all itching for it and very excited uh, for what we're going to get tonight. Even if we are going to see a Sharks team that's probably more similar to what we saw with the uh, Sharakuda back at the end of October to the midpoint of November when they went 3-2-1. Obviously, right now, you've got Dolan, Weatherby, Hurdle and Hill all on the COVID last list right now. Now we might get Tomas Hurdle back. That's going to be announced after this recording was made. So if Hurdle is able to come back, that would be a good thing. But ultimately, you just feel for all these guys. It's always dangerous when you get sick with COVID. It's always an interruption to yourself and your family. We all know this. So we're just hoping these guys, more than hockey players, that they're able to be healthy and get back to their normal life sooner rather than later. Uh, But to look at everything going into this game, we're now joined by Matthew McConnell, the TV play-by-play voice for the Arizona Coyotes. Matty, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Ted, great to talk with you again. I hope you had a great uh, great holiday, my friend. I, I did, most definitely, and I, I was most definitely uh, eating too much, which I'm very, very good at. I've practiced <laughs> that before in my uh, in my life up to this point. I, I trust you had a good holiday as well? Had a great holiday. Uh, uh, got, uh, got some quality time with the family and ate a lot. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You and I are uh, like-minded that way. Here's, here's another question I have for you, because you and I last year when we were doing you know, preseason chats and things before. And I always get confused last year, which was this year to to clarify. um, You know, I I didn't think we would be on the precipice of 2022 and seeing the NHL in this kind of a situation. Because at that point, vaccines were rolling out already and it seemed like we were turning the page. And now, I mean, we've seen what's going on with the Olympics. We saw what went on with Team USA earlier today and them getting quarantined, quarantined their game having to be canceled. And then obviously everything the NHL is dealing with, I, you know, this, I, I am very, very surprised that we're still in this, in this deep of a situation, I guess. Yeah, I am a little bit surprised as well. Um, you know, I encourage everybody that hasn't gotten the vaccine to go out and get one, consider it, uh, talk to your physician. I think we need more people vaccinated, which would be great. But um, I, I'm really amazed and, and, and just uh, at times in awe of how the NHL has been able to pivot and to adjust on the fly based on what has been thrown at us. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought what they did last year to pull the season off was incredible. And um, you know what we're going through right now and with the rescheduling of games and everything they're, they're doing out of the offices in New York to try to get this thing back on track is uh, really amazing to me. So I think we're in good hands and I think it's great to, to have hockey back on the ice as of tonight. 
Yeah, no, most definitely, because I know that with, you know, the, the Sharks had, you know, some cancellations or some postponements, I should say. And then, you know, then they decided to shut things down a little bit early for the holiday. And I'm very, very eager for us to get back uh, with, with some hockey tonight. And I guess, you know, I, I looked at the Arizona team last year and, and I liked a lot of what I saw, even if it wasn't an amazing team. And then, you know, I saw some of the moves that were made in the offseason and getting into the start of the season. And I guess, you know, with where the team is right now in terms of, you know, jiving with your expectations, where where does that align right now? Well, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to patronize you because I know you're probably not loving the record, but is it is this worse than you thought it would be? Is it better? Is it on par? Where, where are you right now? Well, I, th- I think it's how you look at it, Ted. I, I think it's probably on par with expectations. And and what I mean by that is when, when general manager Bill Armstrong, uh, you know, decided to go in this direction, he, he wanted to, you know, he, he, I think last year when he came, you know, he came over from the blues. So last year was his first year. And I, I tell a lot of people, I think he used last season to observe, to see mm-hmm. what he had on the roster, to see where his building blocks were, what he wanted to build around. And, you know, we didn't see a lot of moves last year from Bill. And, and I think that's because he was in observation mode. He wanted to see what he had to work with. Well, now we've seen the moves. And over the summer, he decided that the way to go was a full teardown, a full rebuild. And I think the fans understand it here in Arizona. They, you know, they're appreciative of the team, uh, the hardworking team that the Coyotes have been in the first half. Uh, We haven't won a lot of games. We've only won six so far, Uh, but everybody looks towards the future. They look at, you know, what the reward might be. Maybe it's a Shane Wright. Maybe it's a Connor Bedard in a couple of years. Either way, whether it's them or not, it's, it's the fact that they've got eight picks in the first two rounds next summer. So that, that's what they're banking on. But, but I think, I, I think right now where the team is, is there, there, you know, we're starting to see a little more of an influx of some of the younger players playing predominant roles. So I'll give you an example, Barrett Hayton, uh, you mentioned the world juniors. Well, a couple of years ago, Barrett Hayton was a, was really a, um, a hero for team Kennedy he scored a, a couple of huge goals in their tournament. And now we're seeing Barrett Hayton after a couple of years in Tucson, getting his opportunity to play in a top six role. Clayton Keller has, has really in his own right, elevated his play to where we haven't seen it uh, in, in previous seasons. He's taken that next step. He's, He's created offense, but I think he's really taken the next step in being a 200-foot player, being back and you know being being involved in the back check, uh, being very good away from the puck, making the little plays to help create offense. So so we're starting to see some of the building blocks uh, come into fruition. And the one thing um, you, you know through all of the purging and all of the changes uh, that that were undertaken by Bill Armstrong, one thing that he did do that I don't think gets a lot of uh, credit is he acquired some very good veterans. I mean, he acquired Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel and Louis Erickson, players that are certainly on the back nine of their of their careers, Ted, but players that know how to lead in the locker room. And he mm-hmm. acquired all of those players from Vancouver and the Ekman Larson and Connor Garland deal. So, so, you know, those are the veterans that can kind of shepherd the young part of the roster and teach them how to play the game and teach them how to be good pros. So we've seen a lot of that as well. So expectations, probably about where we all thought it was going to be, but I think a lot of people in this part of the world are excited about what lies ahead. 
Do you look at this as a great opportunity from some of those players that are coming up, um, you know, from the AHL to get this opportunity with uh, everything that's going on with COVID absences and things like that? I mean, I know that, you know, the Sharks had to deal with this earlier this year. They went three, two and one over a six game stretch and it gave everybody kind of a greater look at organizational depth. And while three, two and one is certainly not going to set the world on fire, I think people walked away with a a feeling of, hey, we just got to look at some future players. Some guys seem ahead of expectations. They came in, they did their job. And, you know, Bob Buchner even talked about it yesterday is framing it as, as opportunity. Is that same mentality being applied to Arizona? No doubt. Uh, no question about it, Ted. It, it, you know, w- there's a good chance it sounds like we're going to see the youngster Matias Michelli tonight, uh, w- which would be his NHL debut. He's a fourth round pick that has been a point of game down in Tucson. He is the American Hockey League Player of the Month in November. So I'm excited to see what he can do in the mix. Uh, Jan Yannick is a, another player that they were very high on that had an injury, had a bit of a setback a season ago, but uh, Sharks fans saw him late last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in fact, he got his first goal in the Shark Tank, first NHL goal uh, up in Northern California. So yeah, it's, it's you know, we talk a lot about the future in Arizona and now we're, we're starting to see some of it similar to what uh, San Jose Sharks fans are seeing. So um, that that's kind of what keeps us going, if you will, it, 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 you know, seeing the glimpses of the future and what, you know, what it might be like two, three, four years down the road. And, and so it sounds like we're going to continue to see a little more of that, especially with the taxi squads and, and what's going on with COVID and the fact that, you know, you've got to have a lot of flexibility in your lineup and your roster uh, to be able to get ahead of this thing. Yeah. And I think that's the real, the fun part about this. And I don't mean to sound, you know, flippant about it because obviously it's the backdrop of with COVID, but it's like, if you're going to have a situation in which nothing's going to be normal and you can derive a positive at it, where organizations with these taxi squads can get, more looks at what they have in their players. Because if you're a player who's maybe been, you know, up and down a couple of times, but you haven't gotten an extended look, maybe you can get that opportunity where the coaching staff can tell you, all right, we got to see you for three or four consecutive games. And we can tell you with much more clarity, you need to improve a B and C if you want to make it to this next level. I think, I think that is, it's, it's fun for the fans. It's fun for the guys who get those opportunity. And I think it makes for some really good narratives where guys step up and maybe, you know, live up to some of their potential that they had earlier in their careers when they were taken in the draft or just overall seeing a team that it's not the team you expected to see, but they're going out there and they're wearing the colors. A hundred percent. And, and that's, you know, if you go back a few years ago with the, with the coyotes, we had a whole string of injuries and there was a young kid by the name of Connor Garland, <laughs> who at the time was kind of forgotten about right down in Tucson. We, you know, we all thought, okay, well, you know, Connor's got a great game down there. Can it translate to the National Hockey League level? But he was behind several players, and then he got the call up, and then he got the opportunity, and then he started to roll, and he got a little bit of a little hot. And now we know, you know, the rest of the story, right? Yeah. You know, from uh, from the uh, from from what he was able to do in Arizona to to now, uh, you know, being a big part of that Vancouver Canucks team. We've we've seen a lot of that with defensemen this season Mm -hmm. Uh, you know Dyson Mayo is a uh, is a player that is getting his opportunity a right-handed shot who's been I think terrific Uh, Deneen is another kid Cam Deneen who uh, you know who's been very very good he's gotten a little more ice time now that Jacob Chikrin's going to be out of the lineup for a little while. So, so we're seeing that, um, you know, we, uh, you know, it, it, it really 
it, to me, it gives organizations an opportunity to take an extended look at players that either may not have gotten the consideration or maybe they wouldn't necessarily get the consideration for another year or so. So we, we've certainly seen that we've uh, we've seen it with our, with our Czech goaltender as well. So um, you know, that's what I think gets us excited. Yeah, it's a rebuild, but it's an opportunity to see what's in the pipeline and what they can do at this level. In terms of watching the overall game this year compared to last year, it feels to me like without the series and with the normal spacing of games, and that's obviously going to change with some of these postponements, it feels like the flow from one game to the next, even though we're coming off a little bit of a break right now, it feels more like an irregular NHL season to me, even if the backdrop, like I alluded to, is not quote-unquote normal. Has it felt that way to you? I would say it has uh, up until Christmas. Uh, you know, now I know off uh, off air we were talking about the fact that we haven't. You know, the Bally Sports Group here in Arizona, we haven't called a game since mm-hmm. the fifteenth against the New York Rangers, and we're not going to call another one until the second of January against Calgary because we've had uh, a lot of ESPN two games in there, and we've had several games, as you know, uh, postponed. So, uh, but up until you know, right, you know, the middle of of December, it, it really did because we were trapped traveling regularly. We, you know, we were on the road with the team. You're, you're playing about every other day. And, and honestly, the, the, the COVID concerns with the coyotes were really not a concern at all up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the numbers, uh, the, the curve was pretty low and then we saw the spike and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, all the teams in the NHL started to be affected. So it was good to get back to some nor a normality, I guess, or normalcy, uh, whatever the word would be. Uh, but it, uh, hopefully the teams in the second half will start to see that more and more. And hopefully that curve is going to go down. What's your perception of the San Jose sharks right now? I look at the San Jose Sharks as a team, maybe in a little bit of transition. I, I see a team that's got some really good veterans. Uh, Brent Burns, who I understand is going to be back uh, uh, tonight, uh, is uh, one heck of a defenseman. Eric Carlson on the back end, two major horses. I, you know, I look up front. I I still think Joe Pavelski when I think of the San Jose Sharks, and I know he's <laughs> moved on to, to the Dallas Stars, but still, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture, Kevin LeBanc, players like that. I, I think it's um, I, I think it's definitely more of a hybrid when you look at how they're retooling compared to the decisions that have been made here with the Coyotes. So it'll be interesting to watch that because um, some players I know are butting up against unrestricted free agency, but I think... I personally, I think the world of Doug Wilson, I think he's one heck of a general manager. Uh, He's had long-term success. If you look at the win-loss record, I don't know if there's been anybody better in terms of a winning percentage in the entire league while he's been a general manager in the NHL. So I don't worry too much about the San Jose Sharks. I think their transition is going to be fine. Uh, And, and, you know, let's be honest. I they got off to a great start. They're what one game over NHL 500 right mm-hmm. now. I think they've been a bit of a surprise, and they're right there in contention for a playoff spot. And if you're if you're in retool mode and you're still you're competing for a playoff spot, uh, that says a lot about the organization. Mr. McConnell, always a pleasure chatting it up with you. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your night off, and we'll talk soon. All right. All right, Ted. Always enjoy it anytime, my friend. That was Matthew McConnell, the TV play-by-play voice of the Arizona Coyotes, filling us in on the Coyotes and everything that they're going through this year. 
Looking big picture at the San Jose Sharks, they are currently at sixth place in the West. 15 wins, 14 losses, and one overtime loss. 31 points, two points back of fifth place LA, five points back of fourth place Edmonton, five points back of third place Calgary, nine points back of second place Anaheim, and nine points back of first place Vegas. So the Sharks do have some work to do, uh, but they've got two games in hand on both Anaheim and Vegas. So if the Sharks can turn those into wins, that will go a long way in terms of getting them rolling once again. But this is a game where I'm looking at the Sharks needing to come into it, viewing it as a must-win game and a game that they should win because even though they will be playing with some different players in their lineup due to COVID shortages, I view them as better than this Arizona team who will also be dealing with some COVID shortages. So we've heard Bob Bugner talk about this idea where the best players need to play like their best players. And I think that's what you need tonight. You need Eric Carlson to play like Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture. If Tomas Hurdle is healthy and available, then I would hope for a good night out of him. But you need to have the big guys step up and then look at other contributors to really be able to put in a good shift as well. And I think that's something that we have a level of expectation that if you're going to get called up to play with the Sharks, just like the guys who helped the team go 3-2-1 and one earlier than the year, then that's that's got to be the expectation. I want to see the Sharks play that same style of desperate, mad hockey where they just kind of went out there and were chaotic and put forth really good efforts. I think if you do that, you'll be able to get a better result when all is said and done. Here's what Bob Bugner had to say on Hobgoox with regard to him filling in potentially tonight for Hurdle and what he saw from him last time. I liked his first few shifts. He had some jump. He, uh, you know, created a couple chances. Uh, um, you know, you can see he was he was a he's a puck seeker, and and the puck followed him a little bit in the beginning of that game, which was nice to see. And uh, you know, I thought he did well. That's it's it's a such a um, a hard uh, a hard thing to ask a young guy to come up and and being thrown into a top six role with Tommy Hurdle, and you know, I'm sure the nerves were going and everything else. But I thought he handled himself um, real well during that game. Yeah, that's what I saw as well. I saw some good jump. I saw him looking like he could make something happening. He looked like he had fresh legs. I thought he got a little bit tired as the game went on. But in a game like this tonight, if he does end up playing, you are going to see those fresh legs, in my opinion, pay off because this is a guy who has a good motor, looked like he knew exactly where he needed to be positioned on the ice, created some opportunities. And when you have guys that create opportunities, sooner or later, they will put those opportunities in the back of the net or they'll set somebody else to put it in the back of the net. So I liked what I saw there. Here's Bob Bugner on play and Nick Merkley at the center position. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, at the American League, he's played some games. And, uh, um, you know, I know uh, um, talking to Joe Will and talking to some people that really knew his game, um, you know, he can play both. Um, but uh, yeah, it, if he's forced in that position tonight, I think, you know, um, we really have no choice at this point. I think we have a lot of guys that have played a lot of wing in their career, not so much center. And, uh, you know, other guys that we were looking at to give opportunities to the, the Reedies of the world and other guys, uh, you know, obviously are, are out with COVID. So, uh, you know, you got to be able to uh, um, adjust on the fly here during this uh, crazy world we're living in right now. And that's the thing for the San Jose Sharks and anyone else in the NHL right now. You make do with the best of what you have. And if they feel that's putting Merkley at center, then that's what they got to do right now. They feel he has the potential to play it or they feel that they can plug and play for at least one game and who knows how much longer. That's got to be the mentality that these guys have around the NHL right now. And I think that's the right way to look at it. Here's Merkley on the opportunity he is being presented. Yeah, obviously, I think I've uh, earned to be here and um, kind of proven myself at this level, and I want to continue doing that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try and step in and, and try and produce and, and 
make a, di- make a difference out there tonight. And here is Merkley on the amount of center he has played up to this point. Um, not too much before this. I played a little bit my uh, first year. And then uh, I've been playing the whole year in the A's, so I'm pretty used to it now, and I feel pretty comfortable in there. And obviously with the news of Aiden Hill going on the COVID list, that means more of the onus is going to be on Reimer. He offered this after morning skate. Just the way he goes. I mean, obviously, uh, you hope Hiller's uh, all right. I'm, I'm sure he will be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just an opportunity to play. I mean, obviously, you never want uh, teammates to get sick or, or, or to get hurt or, or have to miss time um, because of uh, regulations and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, uh, I think we're, we're ready to go here. We've had uh, too long of a break. We're all itching uh, to get back in there. So, really, I mean, there's nothing special. I mean, you, you take care of uh, the game tonight and, and you get back to work the next day. He's itching to get at it, folks. That wraps it up for the buildup. I'll see you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide.